Scripture tells us that in those times, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Christ is eternally interceding for us. Mary, we don't venerate her. We don't pray to her. She is asleep until the trumpet of God sounds and until we're all called to meet them in the sky to meet our Lord. It's, it's as every brother and sister who has passed on in the Lord, they're asleep currently. They have no idea who you are. Because I be worried about your soul. Why you still be doubting you got a soul? Like you need to see to believe these things. But you believe things that you've never seen. Like feelings and hopes and dreams. The future emotions and gravity. And sadly, everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy. And I got something to say. I got something to say. I got something to say to the world. And I got plays to make. I got steps to take. I got Welcome to the to Milk and Me podcast. This is part two of the Roman Catholic video breakdown. So if you haven't seen the first part, please go back and watch it. And then you could come right back here. God bless. That's that's what I have for that. Now that we've heard enough Mary worship, <laughs> we've seen that they changed the commands. Right. Um, even in their own teaching, in their own doctrine. Uh, how do we how do we respond? I mean, it still baffles me that. Even ever after everything you just said about how they changed the commandments, uh, the Bible still clearly states that mm-hmm. Jesus is the only mediator, right? Mm-hmm. So where do they even get this idea that they have to go to Mary to get to Jesus? Where the Bible, how many times does the Bible mention Mary? A handful of times, I want to say. I, I, yeah, I don't. She I was don't. once seen among the company, uh, several times in the early life of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, once at uh, Pentecost. Yeah, and, and, see, and that's what I'm saying. Where in the Bible do they get this idea that they have to go through Mary first in order to get to Jesus? Because nowhere mm-hmm. in Scripture I haven't come up even a, a Scripture that I could use to twist it in a way to yeah. come to that conclusion. Uh, so this idea is just so, there, it's so there wild is to me. a Scripture. Okay. Uh-huh where they venerate mary okay okay let me let me read this real quick though and and i can't and i apologize because i can't um cite my source um because i forgot to unfortunately um but this is quote from from somebody i found online and it says veneration of mary and the practice of praying to her is supported by the roman catholic doctrine of assumption which holds that after she died Mary was taken up into heaven, like Jesus, physically and spiritually. This was a popular idea since before the Middle Ages, but not made an official dogma in the Catholic Church until Pope Pius XII declared it so in 1950. The problem with that is that that's not found in Scripture. You can make an idea out of anything you want, okay? The other issue is that is as we read uh, during the like the Reformation, is that the the Roman Catholic Church had such power that, like you said, if a pope said something, mm-hmm. that's what it was. I think I have that date wrong. I don't think it's 1950. I think that that's way too late for uh, the 12th pope for Pope Pius uh, the 12th, and even for for a uh, a belief. So I'm going to say that it's 1850. I may have clicked the wrong number. The scripture that I was alluding to, though, Mm -hmm. is that there were women who wanted to venerate Mary in the presence of Jesus. And this is found in Luke 11, 
uh, verses 27 to 28. Oh, Pope Pius XII, that was a novenant. He died uh 1958 oh so, really wow so okay. that's a very recent yeah doctrine very very recent uh, because you know, made official. you know how they work out their doctrines later on right and right. then they they kind of work out why they're doing all these things yeah yeah but it's it's actually very interesting for me to to believe that it was made official that this late yeah um it's only what 70 years ago 73 yeah. years ago that's it's wild should have been 200 plus years ago during the Reformation. We should have parted ways with a lot right. of that. <laughs> um, in Luke 11, 27 and 28, it says, While Jesus was saying these things, one of the women in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, On the contrary, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and follow it. Yeah. So they were attempting to venerate Mary. It's as if right there. It's, right it's as if Roman Catholics have not yeah. read this right in front of Christ, in front of the Son of God, Son of Mary. They venerated. They venerated Mary, and Jesus said, "No, no, no. It's better to be a follower of me than to be my." mother yeah so he mm -hmm. blessed his followers more than he called blessed his mother earthly mother mm -hmm. okay? and and that's where it's like so where do we get this yeah. at the end of the day if we can allude back to this scripture itself jesus says no she was a vessel in fact at his at his crucifixion he gives her to john as mother like you take care of her that's your mother now yeah. that's your son now mm -hmm. uh, you know I, I don't know maybe maybe i'm misinterpreting it but it's as if he was like we're parting ways you did your job mm -hmm. you gave birth to me um I'm, I'm about to be glorified well because you know christ fulfilled everything in his ministry he fulfilled the perfect servitude the perfect leadership you know he, he rebuked the two brothers uh saying you know greatest in the kingdom are those that are servants mm -hmm. you want to be great you know be the servant of all be the slave of all um in the same way you know greater love has no one than this than to lay down your life for your brothers and jesus displayed and just incarnated all of those things yeah and at the same time you know as the as the oldest which is what he was of of his you know half brothers right um Mary, we already know that Joseph already died, so Mary would have been a widow. So mm -hmm. as the oldest, he's putting that priority, saying, I'm going to make sure that she's nurtured and cared for right. because she wouldn't be able to work. She wouldn't be able to provide for herself. Um, so he just instituted that, saying, you know, you take care of her. Make sure she's well taken care of. So, as right. the church should now. Exactly. Take Absolutely. care of the orphans. Widows, yes. orphans. Yeah. yeah, especially those but that. in no you know, way to exalt her. Absolutely not. Right. No. Uh, you know, Elizabeth was the one that says, you know, uh, all women will call you blessed and uh, to Mary and or Mary said that in her own, uh, you know, all, all, all people yeah. will always call me blessed. And it's like that wasn't that wasn't a self praise. We know that Mary even uh, said uh, in her great magnificat, like my savior. Yeah. What would be the point of saying that if you didn't absolutely need him to save you from your sins? Right. You yeah. two are a sinner in need of a savior. Mm hmm. All women will call me blessed does not mean all women are going to praise and adore me. They're going to say that's a 
blessed thing. Yep. That's a blessed position. I, I consider the apostles incredibly blessed, even though they all died miserably and horribly. Yeah. They, they walked with Christ. And mm -hmm. I consider myself, by the grace of God, blessed because I have the Holy Spirit, I've, the Spirit of Christ in me. I mean, that's even, that's even better than walking with him in person because he's living and functioning in me by his Spirit. I mean, that's why Jesus said, it's better that I go away because mm. I can't send the advocate. So it's, it's like we are all wonderfully blessed as mm -hmm. believers have been regenerated and given this miracle in our hearts to believe the, the Lord and all of the gospel functions. You, um, you mentioned the Immaculate Conception. Um, yeah. And it's actually a very interesting uh, because I learned that through my study that, I, I mean, I always thought it was Christ. It always know? seems that way. It, it does, yeah. but, but that's not. And again, it was made uh, uh, not by the same Pope Pius, but this one was made um, official by Pope Pius the Ninth in 1854. It's always the popes. Um, it's always the popes. <laughs> it, it really is because yeah. again, it's you know their word is, is the same. However, as God. my thing is Mary was extremely blessed. You you just you know made that close. She was chosen by God mm -hmm. for this particular uh, uh, events purpose uh, purpose. Um, the, the birth of the incarnate Christ, I mean, to, to be chosen as that vessel. Mm -hmm. But she special. declared her own sinship. <laughs> I think I just created a new word. I don't know if we're going to keep it, though. We're going to keep it. We're gonna, I'm going to keep using this episode. That. <laughs> In Luke 1, 46. Sinship. <laughs> Go ahead. In Luke 1, uh, 46 and 47, as Mary is praising and singing her her, her praise to God. Uh, she says, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Now, if somebody was born sinless, mm -hmm. there is absolutely no need for them to have a Savior. Yeah. But Mary here declares her need for her need for a Savior. She understands that she's a sinner. And she understands the blessing of having been chosen. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely, and and that's kind of where the question would be: Why would Mary recognize her own sin if she was born without sin? Yeah. And it says that uh, in in the catechism that Mary has merited to have the Son of God in mm -hmm. her womb. It's like. So she's good enough, but no one is good. Not even one. I mean, mm -hmm. Moses, come on. Mo just Moses wasn't even allowed to go to the promised land. Yeah. And there, you know, there's reference there. Moses depicts the law. Joshua's like, they connect Joshua's name with Jesus. Joshua's brought him into the promised land. The law couldn't enter into the promised land because the law doesn't bring you in. So Moses wasn't allowed to go in because he's the embodiment of the Ten Commandments, the law. So Jesus brings us in. It's not the law. It's him by grace brings us into the promised land. But at the same time, we have Moses. It says like he's the greatest prophet at that time in that way. Yeah. And yet he sinned and yeah. he, he got mad and he got fed up with the people and hit the rock and yelled at it instead of gracefully speaking to it. And mm -hmm. he's like, you can't come in. Like we have these incredible examples, prophets that were mouthpieces for God. And yet their, their sin, their evils were depicted as well. So yeah, it's just wild. It, it, it really is. You it, just don't get it from the Bible. Uh, Once you go anywhere else for your um, infallible God ordained information and it's not in the Bible, and it doesn't agree with the Bible, 
you're following heresy, mm-hmm. you're on your way to a healthy cult. Yeah. I, I would I would ask, what is the necessity of having a saint pray for you in heaven? Let's say let's say there are saints in heaven. Mm-hmm. Let's say when a Christian dies, they immediately go to heaven, right? What more benefit is it to you that they pray for you when you have Christ interceding for you? Because Christ uh, doesn't have, um, he doesn't regenerate you and make you totally acceptable. He brings you into the green, and now you can still fall back into the red. Mm-hmm. So basically, everyone's in the red. You believe in Jesus. You follow the Roman Catholic sacraments, and now you're in the green. And now you have to perform to stay in the green. And if you don't, now you need someone to bring you back in. And the prayers of fallen saints, the the holy, the unholy, unholy mass. Um, should, I, should I say that? It's so unholy, dude. It's, it's gross. It's very much right. unholy. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, the unholy mass, the um, the all the sacraments, the holy anointings, all that stuff, the catechism, the confirmation, all those things. They keep bringing you up, but. You still need to continue to practice these things. You got to show up and do confession, and if you don't, you're always just always falling into the red. So which, it's just constant keeping again, yourself saved. Which again, it, and that's the point, is keeping yourself saved. Yeah. Like, what a disgusting doctrine. Yeah. What what Cold. what a what a sad way to live your life, yeah. thinking that you have to keep you've you've gone this far, as if Paul didn't say he who began a good work. We'll finish it. Yeah. He started it. He gave you life. He regenerated you. It's got nothing to do with you. And, I, and I'm sorry if you're like, ah, well, I, I apologize if I hurt your feet. You don't. You bought me a sign. Yeah, refer to the sign. <laughs> Carl, refer to the sign. You got to zoom in on that Carlos or something. Carlos bought me this sign. It says, I would like to apologize to anyone I have not yet offended. Please be patient I will get to you shortly. Okay, <laughs> it's 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 uh what's what's the word? It's it, whatever. It's a way of speech. What is it? Figure of speech. It's a figure of speech, right? What your apology? Saying I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's as if saying no okay. offense, as you're about to Say offend somebody. Yeah. yeah. But no it, undue offense. No. It, if you think that you're going to save yourself in some way, shape, or form, never attach the name of Christ to your life. Because there is nothing about you. In fact, what your good works are, are filthy rags. According to Scripture, according to Isaiah, help me out, 64.6. Everything that you do is filthy rags. Um, what's, What's Ecclesiastes tells us that everything is vanity. Yeah. Vanity of vanities, all things are vanities. So whatever you think that you hold, and that's going to keep you saved, well, that's why I need uh, uh, saints to pray for me. That's why I need you guys to pray for me. You have the intercessor. You have the mediator. You have the God, the Son, with the Father. Not not that the Father needs a, a reminder of, of what was done on your behalf. I feel like it... I, 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 have to keep coming down more down is it lowering i think so there you go you're strong well can you carry me (laughs) (laughs) what 
I'll cut that part <laughs> out. <laughs> leave it in, please. I'll leave it in. <laughs> it's not that we need Christ to keep reminding the Father, as if God forgets. Yeah, it, it, he's just when 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 he went up, when he was ascended, he was flesh, he was bone. He showed uh, Thomas the disciples. Yeah, he showed. He, put your fingers through the holes. Put mm-hmm. your hand in my side. Mm-hmm. Know that I am real. Know that I am here. Right, and he ascended like that in heaven. He is currently in a physical form. How that how that works? I I don't know. Ask Andrew. He he'll he'll explain it all better than I ever can. Okay. He's but, eternally the God man. He's eternally the God man. Man. I don't know. Ask Andrew. <laughs> He'll explain it better than than I than I can. Um, but he's he 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 is the eternal. Help me out here. What's the word that I'm trying that I'm trying to use? Son of God. He's yes, the eternal Son of God. He is the eternal intercessor. I, I'm gonna say this word, and then Andrew's gonna get mad at me. I always say things. And Andrew's always mad at me for some reason. I'm not mad. I'm just angry. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> he is the eternal declaration that you are eternally forgiven. Agreed. That's huh. It's not bad. <laughs> That's good. Episode's over. <laughs> That's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that... that but that's what he is. Yeah. He 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 serves as 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 an eternal statement that you have been declared holy and righteous before God the Father because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He is the propitiation of your sins. And and John tells us that if you sin, he he says little children I write this so that you don't sin, but if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the man or the man Christ Jesus who is the propitiation of your sin. He is the offering. He is the sin offering. He, it's Why? Because the, the there wasn't a single sacrifice in the Old Testament that could ever wipe sin away. It was the perfect sacrifice of Christ, and He intercedes for us. He prays for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us. We read it in uh, Romans 8, 26 and 27. Now, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of god there there are those times where we don't know what to pray and this is what we get into when when it's just such too deep of a prayer, too deep of a need, too deep of a worship, where we're just kind of groaning, we're just weeping, we're on our knees, it's worship, we're venerating, we're, we're giving everything that we can or everything that we know to give and we want to give more but there's no, and we're just groaning and moaning and no idea what the heck is coming out. And it's not that we're trying to, we, we've done episodes on this before, we're not trying to to groan and moan and say that's the you know that's the gift of speaking in tongues it, it has nothing to do with with that other stuff scripture tells us that in those times the holy spirit intercedes for us christ is eternally interceding for us mary we don't venerate her we don't pray to her she is asleep until the trumpet of god sounds 
and until we're all called to meet them in the sky to meet our Lord, it's it's as every brother and sister who has passed on in the Lord, they're asleep currently. They have no idea who you are. They don't care about you. They don't know that you exist. It's like when we like talk about football players and well, oh, this yeah. guy. <laughs> And I'm gonna wear the shirt. And, ah, I'm gonna wear the shirt, and they're gonna play better. Yeah. yeah, they don't know who you are. They're making like three kajillion dollars. They don't care about you. I'm not saying the saints of, of old don't care about you. I'm sure that they had in their prayer, Lord, guard those in the future who are to believe. Just as I pray sometimes, I pray for the universal church, the people that I don't know across the country, the people who I, I who I don't know in other countries who are constantly being martyred for the kingdom. I pray for those who will, who are to come to believe, not that my power is going to extend far beyond my death or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. It, it, I don't know. It's just nice to pray for people and one day get to meet them in heaven and be like, hey, guy, <laughs> you know, you believe in 2,345 and 2,023. I, par- I prayed for you. <laughs> like, a general blanket. You know, that's, yeah. that's the best way to do it, guys. General yeah. blankets of prayer. <laughs> Cover all the things. <laughs> well, you know, I agree. It's good to, to pray for others. You know, if your prayer is just constantly me, 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 then there might be a problem. Not to say that you shouldn't bring up your needs, but you should definitely be praying for your, your neighbor, your friend, your family. Well, pray, pray for mm-hmm. one another. And I wrote some verses down. Um, one, two, three, four, five. I wrote five verses down that I'm going to read. And then I promise I'll shut up and I'll let you guys take it the rest of the way. Second Corinthians one eleven says, If you also join in helping us through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many, by many persons in our behalf for the favor granted to us through the prayers of many. Ephesians 6.18 With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every respect for all the saints, and every request for all the saints. Philippians 1.19 For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provisions of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1.3 I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person when it is brought about, can accomplish much. We see the need to pray for each other. Yeah, I need Aldo to pray for me. I need Andrew to pray for me. I need my pastor. I need my brothers. I need, I need you to pray for me if you're a believer in Christ. If you don't believe in Christ, I don't need your prayer. <laughs> um, That's true. Uh, yeah. But I need the saints to pray for me. And the Bible calls us saints. So when people are like, well, the saint this, saint that, you're all saints. If you believe in Christ, you're a saint. Yeah. Okay? You've been sanctified. You've been made holy. You're not perfect yet. And you haven't reached 100% holiness. That will happen when you die. Okay? When you fall asleep. We need to pray for each other. 
somebody was we were at your baptism. Uh, I was talking with a with a brother of ours that that was there, and uh, somebody got baptized. Somebody saw that your baptism. They they rejoiced and they wanted to make that step as well. So they got baptized. Um, when when I think about prayer. It's not that we have some extra power and we declare something and it happens because of our prayer. Simply put, the Lord chose to work that out through your prayer. He selected that moment and in his, and in his providence chose to work it out. Not that you chose to pray for it. And your holiness, your anointing, your power stretched out and touched them. And the Lord saw your faith and that happened and all that mumble jumble. The Lord is sovereign and he will do as he pleases. And if he's elected to answer that prayer through you. Then consider that that a blessing and praise him for it. We, we, I, I just go back to we need to pray for each other. We need that. We struggle. There, there, there's temptations that are about. There's temptations that I struggle with that I need my brothers to help me uh, pray for. I need them to kick my butt at times when I'm lacking. I need them to pull my ear and then some. I, I confess my sins to my wife and I need her to pray for me. I confess my sins to my brothers and I need them to pray for me. Sometimes I, I, I'm ashamed and I don't say what's going on, but I need that prayer. We yeah. need each other. We need to pray for each other. And we're alive. And we're, we're alive. We're not some dead person. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not some dead person that you're praying, you're asking for us to, to pray for you. And that's that's the whole thing here is uh, you're, you're praying to as you said earlier, for people that don't need, you're asking people to pray for you that don't even know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just something I, I really can't wrap my mind about. We were talking earlier about Saul uh, being very strongly rebuked for seeking Samuel, who the prophet Samuel, who was dead at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was strongly rebuked for it. Uh, th- I see that as a strong warning for any Roman Catholic that is seeking a saint or Mary to intercede for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should look at that example of Saul and yeah. run away from that kind of idolatry, that kind of mysticism. Because I could argue that that falls under some kind of mysticism. Because Saul used a a uh, a whatever a you call it, a medium, some sp- yeah. yeah. Um, it's basically you're the median if you're trying to seek a dead person to yeah. to, to pray for you. No, I, I mean, I don't I don't think that for the most part, uh, sincere Roman Catholics are seeking to speak with dead people right. and have a conversation. However, right. if for some reason they believe there was an uh, what, uh, an apparition, apparition mm-hmm. is that? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, apparition. I struggle with the English and Spanish language sometimes. The only two you know. <laughs> the only two I know. I don't think that Roman Catholics who are sincere about their about their faith or belief are are actively looking to talk to dead people. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't think they're looking to holy conversation with Mary, Jude, all the people. However, 
there are, if for some reason they believe that an apparition has happened and that they have had that conversation, then you're dabbling in a divination. Yeah. There are people who say that they can see spirits, that they can talk to ghosts, that they can talk to the ghosts of the past. There are Christians who believe that there are Christians who believe that they can see um, ghosts, not not spirits, not demons, not anything. Ghosts, people who died and are still lingering around. Mm-hmm. According to the scripture, that's demonic because they cannot come back over here. They will not appear. There is a barrier. They cannot cross over. Okay, so I. The, there are, like I said, there are some Roman Catholics who are sincere about the faith. They're not, they're not actively looking to have that have that communion with right. with the dead, right? But if that happens, they're going to accept mm-hmm. that um, apparition. Yeah, yeah. They're going to accept that. They're going to have that communion, and now you're dabbling in the demonic. Yeah, and that's just about I think every. It was like every major continent has had like several mm-hmm. different areas where Mary has been yes. in some way, shape, or form. I was just about to like say some form of Mary. even even here. I think I've mentioned it once before in an episode a long time ago. Uh, here in Yuma, when I was younger, I remember there's that um, old Catholic church where off of uh, was it third, fifth, where the old, where our old church used to be. There's mm-hmm. a Catholic church just uh, maybe a block away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the one with the blue cross. Yeah. So that one, many years ago, there had appeared some guy cut a palm tree, and then a figure of the Virgin Mary appeared. A lot of people from that Catholic church went and worshipped there. The tree. Yeah, that tree, and they put shrines, they put bells, they or not bells up, uh, candles. They put candles, and people would go there to worship. Uh, I mean, it was nuts. It made the local news and i remember i was very young and and people would go there they would go from the church walk all the way to wherever the that tree. tree was and worship there the tree mm-hmm. the tree but to them yes, because as you were saying i think i understand what you're saying you know they're genuine in their belief but that's what happens when you're seeking after things that the bible calls demonic mm-hmm something demonic will happen. Yeah. De- demonic isn't always, you know, eyes rolled to the back of the head, tongue sticks out and, mm-hmm. you know, their head spins or whatever. That's not always the case with demonic, but that in and in and of itself is demonic. It's mm-hmm. idolatry. Yeah. And people believed and flocked to that. You know, uh, I have my own family members who are very strong Catholics who believe they had seen some saint or some angel. And they're like, yeah, that that you know they were intercessing for me or whatever. Like, no, the Bible doesn't. The Bible rebukes that, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why I I I can't. If you're somebody who is studying the Bible, um, how you can come to those conclusions? As the Catholics say, they you know they do because they they say they were the first church and they mm-hmm. say that they were they're the only one true church. Um, and yet they come to these conclusions that are anti-biblical and, quite frankly, demonic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In essence, um, 
this gentleman's statement, where is he? Somewhere over here. This guy's videos, you might see a lot of them. They pop up. They do for me. I guess once you watch a video, it just starts popping up forever. It's the um, algorithm. So, and I'm glad because I, I feel like this guy is going to give us endless content to constantly <laughs> So I'm like, hey, bring it on. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll properly reject that. Um, but his, his claim is that uh, they, don't, they don't worship Mary or she's not a mediator. Um, Jesus is the mediator. She's the intercessor. We've defined... Just using a dictionary, mediator and intercessor, same terms, same different words, same meaning, identical in essence. Um, so yes, um, anybody mediating for you or interceding for you in any way, shape, or form will be nothing more than the living God himself, Jesus Christ yeah. and his Holy Spirit, um, the Father through all the work that he does providentially. So we are not being mediated in any way from anyone in heaven other than through God himself, Jesus Christ's work, his prayers, and the Holy Spirit, which leads yeah. us and guides us, intercedes for us when we don't know how to pray. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, that's, that's the biblical. Yeah. And I, I just might add a little bit to that to, you know, even if uh, you're struggling with coming to Christ, it's mm-hmm. the Bible says that come to him. Yeah. You don't need anybody else. You, you can't come, come to anybody else. Yeah, exactly. You can't come to anybody else. You don't need anybody else. Uh, you, you come to him directly. And that's the most beautiful thing. Yeah. Come to him in your broken state. Yeah. And that's exactly how he expects you to come. Um, and then, you know, there's the famous uh, uh, example, you know, in, in the Bible where the veil in the temple was torn, mm-hmm. you know, symbolizing that we do have full that access. that full access into, into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I don't want to go off on a tangent to where people can twist that, but, but simply put, you come to him directly. You don't need anybody else. You shouldn't have anybody else. And you go directly to him for all your needs, all your, your, your friends needs, whatever it is. And and that's just the most was wonderful about Christ, serving Christ, following after him. I want to read a verse that correlates to that. It's in Hebrews 4, and this might be, I'm going to read 14 through 16. It might be one of my favorite verses, um, since I've come to understand it. And, and it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold, let's hold firmly to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things just as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let's approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace for the help at the time of our need. We don't need to approach anybody else. In, in, in reality, we don't need to approach anybody else. In reality, I don't have to come and ask Allah to pray for me or ask you to pray. I should confidently be able to approach the throne of grace on my own in private come to christ himself in prayer in humbleness in worship and ask for that help now he will answer that prayer as he sees fit as his will commands as his sovereign will commands he he will answer that prayer and but many times when i am in distraught when i am down 
I come and and sometimes it takes me a while because I'm an idiot. And sometimes I'm I'm just stupid and, and I won't come to Christ right away. Because I feel like I need to punish myself first for what I've done, for the sin that I've done. And and that just continues to play in my head from from bad doctrine being being forcefully taught to me. But when I get down to it and I pray and I weep and I'm just pouring myself to the Lord, there's a, there's a peace that comes over me. There, there, there is a comfort that comes over me. And I've learned to accept that as the comforter himself, as ho- the Holy Spirit who comes and comforts me, who is in me continually reminding me that I am his and he is mine, that he started that work and he's going to finish it. Come to the throne of grace. Come to Jesus Christ himself, your Lord and your Savior, and and give him everything. There is no need to go to anywhere else to talk to to, to a priest and confess your sins. It's good to confess your sins to one another. It's good to confess your sins to a brother, to a sister, not not hoping that they'll condemn you, but that they'll righteously judge you and help you, pick you up from where you are, pray for you, pray with you, and help lead you down the, the, right, the right track. That's what we're meant to do as a family. But if nothing else, then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that you may receive mercy and find the grace for help at the time of your need. When you need it, go to the throne of grace. Amen. And uh, avoid, like the plague, any merry worship prayers that are depicted in the catechism and in any of those other papal prayers because they are blasphemy and anathema of God. And they will bring you no closer to God, but they will bring you closer to idolatry, which you will be repenting of later, maybe in eternity, hopefully not, but hopefully in time when you come to your senses biblically. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time on the Milk and Mead podcast. God bless you guys. Because I be worried about yourself. Why you still be doubting you got a soul? Like you need to see to believe these things. But you believe things that you've never seen. Like feelings and hopes and dreams. The future emotions and gravity. And sadly, everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy. And I got something to say. I